Moreover, the Lord spoke again to Ahab, saying, Ask a sign for yourself from the Lord your God. Ask me either the death or the height of But Ahab said, I will not ask, nor will I ask the Lord. Then he said, Hear now, O house of David, is it a small thing for you to weary men? Will you weary my God also? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. Shall call his name Amen. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God.
Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was spouse of Joseph before they came together, she was found through the child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willing to make her a public example, was mindful to put her away through. For while he thought of these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. He shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled with the spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised to sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had been him, took him to him his wife, and knew her not, for she had brought forth her firstborn son, and called his name Jesus. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God.
shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph, the babe, lying in danger. When they had seen it, they made known abroad, saying, Behold, oh, concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Mary kept all these things, honored them very much. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, as they told them to them. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins that he might rescue us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray. Come from on high to me. I cannot rise to thee. Cheer my wearied spirit Bless Jesus, Lord, most mild, through thy grace and merit, a pure and holy child, draw me unto thee. Draw me unto thee. Amen. Christmas is as much about God fulfilling his word as it is about God coming in the flesh. The two can't be separated from one another. It is the first gospel in Genesis chapter 3. Right after man fell into sin and lost looking like God, lost the love of God, that God said to the devil, our ancient enemy, 
I will put enmity, hostility between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He will crush your head and you will bruise his heel. The virgin birth is promised right then and there. The woman doesn't have seed, she has the fruit. That was the promise. And God has expanded this promise throughout history and gave more and more details. He promised uh, Noah many things through the sacrifices he offered by saving him from the wicked world and found grace in the eyes of the Lord. He promised Abraham that in his seed all the families of the earth would be blessed. He promised Judah that the scepter would not depart from Judah, nor a ruler's staff from between his feet until Shiloh, the man of peace, comes. And he promised David that he would build his house and from his own loins the Savior would come. And even after that, after the Babylonian exile, the prophet Haggai wrote 500 years before the birth of Christ, For thus says the Lord of hosts once more, It is a little while, I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and dry land, and I will shake all nations, and they shall come to the desire of all nations. Jesus is the desire of all nations. Now, it's not that people seek God by nature. They don't. It's part of Adam's birth. We inherit sinful nature from Adam. God looked down from heaven, the psalm says, to see if there were any who were good, and he found that nobody sought after God. Nobody was looking for him. They were looking for other gods. They were looking for a God who would give them money or power or pleasure or control over another. We see this in all the governments of history, the gods that they invent, the gods that they seek. And so calling Haggai calling Jesus the desire of all nations doesn't seem to make sense. But Jesus becomes the desire of all nations when he sends his word. He is the desire of all nations because he comes for all people. And he kindles desire for him, faith for him, through his word. The heavens were shaken with the sound of the angels singing to the shepherds, Glory be to God in the highest and on earth peace, good will toward men. All the nations of the Roman Empire were shaken up and moved, everybody going this way and that. There must have been some pilgrimage. So the, the talk about Thanksgiving roads or Christmas roads. The seas were filled with ships and people going back to their hometown to be taxed. All the nations were shaken. And a star was seen throughout the world. Not just the wise men from the east, but it's even been showed in Chinese astrology that a star appeared that they can't explain. And yet for all this, people didn't notice or care. Notice that. How silently God enters the world as a man, and yet with more beauty and glory than any king this earth has ever seen. God makes all these promises. He promises where he's going to be born, Bethlehem. The wise men find that out. He's going to be ruler of Israel, whose goings forth have been from of old, never last. Then he promised he would shepherd and feed his flock. And so in the hills surrounding Bethlehem, it was shepherds who saw the glory of God's promise coming true. It's an interesting thing that God reveals himself only to the humble. It is just simply that way. I have a cousin for whom I pray. And he has long since denied the Christian faith. And he often says to me, when I talk to him about this, that God must answer my questions. He has to be able to, I have to be able to judge him on the basis of reason and logic. Otherwise, I can't believe him. In other words, there needs to be a chance for me to win. This goes back to the devil. You will be like God, knowing good and evil. So because I can weigh things, therefore God has to sit down and have a chat with me before I trust him. God doesn't reveal himself to people like that. As long as someone thinks that he doesn't need God, God does not force himself on him. He doesn't force people to believe. The only reason that people don't know God is because of their pride. It isn't because God hasn't shown himself. 
And in fact, it is our pride that makes us not see him tonight. It makes us distracted by so many things. Instead of looking at what a miracle it was when Christ was born. And I love that passage that we sang. You know, the visitors are like, man, you guys sing a lot of hymns. Yes, we do. And I'm not going to apologize for it. It's beautiful. And thus, O God, it pleaseth thee to make this truth quite plain to me that worldly honor, wealth, and might are naught and worthless in thy sight. He doesn't care about all the things that people care about, that they think are so important, but they're not. He doesn't care about money. He doesn't care about, if he cared about money, he would have been born in a very expensive king's hall. He wasn't. He had rags to clothe him. That's the birth that your God chose in the flesh. He doesn't care. Are you worried about money? He's not. He doesn't care about power. He has all power in earth and heaven. And he doesn't even use his power to get a decent room. He has to be with the animals. In a feeding trough. In a manger. That's your God. That's how God comes. That is how God comes. He doesn't care about your wisdom. He doesn't care about how smart people are. He knows everything. He comes in a way that nobody expects, and he reveals himself to shepherds, the uneducated. They might sing a few songs every now and then. He reveals himself to the lowly. That is how God comes. He does not come to the pride. The plight of the human race is not solved by more money, more comfort, more glory, or more so-called equality. Our human condition isn't improved by more stuff that we have, or the more, by, the more, by more people praising us. Our hearts need the desire of all nations, not just some nations, not the Jewish nation or the European nations. We need the one who comes for every man, for every tribe, tongue, and people. We need the seed of the woman to crush the devil's head, Abraham's seed in whom all the families of the earth are blessed. And this blessing must be for all men. This need for all, of all men is not fulfilled by boasting, flaunting power, amassing imperishable riches, marshalling armies, or any ostentatious presentation of authority. That is not how God chose to reveal himself to the world. No, our need and our desire is fulfilled when a virgin gives birth to a child and lays him in a manger. It is made known to the lowly who have no authority except over their dumb sheep. And it is made known to us tonight for our hearts to leave all of our cares behind us and behold by faith the glory of the Lord shining from the face of a little baby boy. It's been a rough year for a lot of us. It's hard to get to the holidays and not think about people who you love who aren't here anymore or mistakes that you've made or suffering that you're enduring. God knows, and he knows how to deal with it. He comes to you humbly, quietly. He comes to you weak. He doesn't want you to find your God in your figuring out your problems. He doesn't want you to find your God in getting more successful. He doesn't even want you to find your God in you thinking, thinking that you're a better person now. No, he doesn't want that. He wants you to find your God weak. He's okay with the world mocking him. He endured that. He's okay with everybody ignoring him. He puts himself in that position so that it is the poor sinner who finds him. It is the one who needs him who finds him, lying in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes. Heaven has to supply the choirs because the earth takes no notice. Heaven has to shine the light to the shepherds because the earth is full of darkness. Heaven must speak because the earth, since Adam, has been ignoring heaven but find your God nowhere else than in that feeding trough, that manger for animals where lowly cattle lately fed. That's how God works. We cannot require God to be more glorious than he is, and he chooses this. Why does he choose to reveal himself in such a lowly, humble way? He who has authority to judge all of us, knows all of our thoughts, who has all power in heaven and on earth, by whose will every atom is held together, by whose desire alone we take every breath we breathe. 
that he comes born of a virgin and reveals himself to the poorest, in the poorest circumstances. He does this so that tonight, and every day of our lives, and as often as we say in the Creed, conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, we might learn to turn away from all that distracts us from him. He does it so that we don't follow the world in thinking that, that the stronger we are, the closer to God we are. The richer we are, the more blessed we must be. The wiser we are, the more glory we have. No, this is not so. God isn't impressed by any of this. He is almighty, not some mighty. God doesn't admire the wealth of the world. He owns everything. God doesn't respect how smart and wise you are. He knows everything. And yet, being this way, the only true God who created all things chose to join himself to your flesh and blood. He chose to wrap himself in what you are and take everything that you are into himself. And, all, and he, does the, he does so in a way that excludes the pride of man. He isn't born of the will of man. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, without sin. And this means that Mary gave birth in a natural way, but without any of the curse of original sin attached to her or to Jesus. She was a sinner, but she gave birth without sin. And this means that God has renewed the human race. Everyone born from Adam inherits his sin. As David laments, surely I was born in iniquity and in sin my mother conceived me. But Jesus was not born in guilt. He was not conceived in sin. But as Psalm 22 says, from my mother's womb you have been my God. And therefore a new birth, a clean birth, a sinless birth, a holy birth happens for all of us. It is as the angel said, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, the Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Whatever Christ does for you, it is as if you have done it. Christ died for your sins, it is as if you died for your sins. Christ rose from the dead, you will rise again, and you have risen from sin by faith. And that is why the angels teach the shepherds and us, to you is born, to you. Anyone who doubts it is no Christian. Unto you is born this day in the city of David. All people. Therefore, this birth is for you. For me, a sinner? A sinner who added sin to sin again and again? Yes, for you, to you, on behalf of you, in your place. God is born a man, a Savior is born for you and for all people. And his birth comes to you as it came to the shepherds through the word of God which he has fulfilled. Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth, James says. We were born, Peter says, from imperishable seed, the word of God. Who were born, John says, not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, not of the will of man, but of God. And so you must believe against all the pomp and glory and riches and power and worries and important busyness of this world. Against your own flesh that will, will not believe it. Against the devil who always wants to, to silence this gospel. That Jesus Christ's holy birth replaces your sinful birth. That God's humility is greater than the world's glory. That Jesus Christ did not come into this world merely to be an example for you to follow, but to be your Savior. To replace what you have done wrong with what he has done right. And he starts his life on earth doing just that. He gives you new birth. He can give you faith in him by his word because he fulfills God's word and proves it's true. He was born of a virgin. Haggai and Micah spoke and it came to pass. There lies in the manger the desire of every nation on earth. Not that men desire God by nature, they don't. But his word gives faith in every nation. and calls us out of the world and into his kingdom. Where we worship as God the poor flesh and blood that lies in a manger. We do not worship ourselves. But we worship him who has been made like us in every way but without sin. And so I'm going to ask you, as you go home... You open your presence and enjoy your family and eat your good food that God gave you. I want you to expect all good from this little boy, from this baby God of yours, that the world despises so much and thinks he's so weak. Expect all power in earth and heaven from a baby who can't even walk yet. Expect all sustenance for your body and soul from the child who nurses at his mother's breast. Do you think that he is too weak to help you in your worries? What are you? 
What weakness is hidden in the strength that you pretend to have but don't? Now what strength is hidden in this little baby who does not hide his weakness? God thinks differently from us. He hides himself from the strong and mighty and casts down their thrones, but he exalts and lifts up the poor and needy. And so let us be poor and needy this Christmas, brothers and sisters. Let us know what we need. I need a birth that is pure and holy. I need a God who is at peace with me. I need a brother who will never leave me. I need my sins washed away. I need joy that the world can't take away. I need Jesus. And I expect him to help me. The God of Jacob is with us, a very present help in trouble. He has come to be our brother, to bear my sin and yours and take it away. He has come to give me the new birth and sustain it with his word. He has come to comfort me in every loss. Here you have the source of all good. God is the source of every good that you can possibly think of. And it is wrapped up in flesh and blood like yours. He wrapped himself up in you. Or you say, no, I've sinned too much. It's been too long. And I don't know if I can get away from this. No, no, no. He wrapped himself in your sins too. And he overcame them. So today, on Christmas, tomorrow, and for all 12 days, I encourage you to come to him poor and needy and find rest that the world can't give to you. Peace that rules your conscience and changes your heart and life. Let this peace that is spoken, this peace that God is man and therefore can't hate you, must love you, flow into your life. If Jesus was not born for himself, but for you and all people, then your new birth, your believing in the gospel, is not for you, but for God and for all the people God puts in your life. You have enough because you have Jesus. Be needy towards Christ, and you will be rich towards others. Because Christ will never stop giving his peace to those who seek it, as the shepherds proved. They glorified God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. They found that peace, and then they gave it. Because that peace is here. It's in his word. Hide it in your heart. Take it home. Speak it in every circumstance of your life. The God you were afraid of, that you ignored, that you didn't pray to as you ought to, is with you now in weakness, like you, joining you, knowing you, being you, but without sin, and yet loving you as sinner. My heart for very joy must be. Merry Christmas. Amen. peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We continue with Mary's Magnificat Canticle, LSB 231.
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, hear my prayer. Thank you. 